I, I don't think there's any shame in kind of saying that things evolve over time and you get better. But the lessons that could have been learned for the, the rollout of the student workshops, there's definitely lessons there that can be learned that can be applied in, um, in the context of corporates or local authorities or ideally with communities. Welcome to Smart in the City, the Bobble podcast. I am your host, Tamlin Shimizu, and really at Babo, we aim to connect the players in the smart city industry with high quality information and ideas through our platform and services. This podcast is really an extension of this goal and mission to drive the change for a better urban life. Before we get started, I wanted to inform all you lovely listeners about a great opportunity. Babel has extended the deadline for the Innovation Market Watch for 2023. So top smart city companies are invited to apply before the 30th of September, and it's completely free. So just follow the link in the show notes. So welcome back to our series with Dublin. Uh, during this episode, we are venturing into Smart Docklands, uh, located in the heart of the city and uh, a major center of innovation and employment for the city. Uh, and today, of course, another special guest with us, uh, Durak Mak Danica, who is a program manager at Smart Docklands. Thanks for being with us today, Durak. Thanks a million, Tamlin. Uh, no pressure calling me an expert, but I'm uh, <laughs> happy to chat and, and really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. No pressure, no pressure. But I know you're very enthusiastic and knowledgeable about everything with Smart Docklands. So. Uh, like, pressure, pressure is a privilege. We're all <laughs> Good. Uh, I like that uh, to start us off. So, uh, and I'm wondering to get us a bit warmed up in this in the spirit of things. <laughs> if you could uh, pick three words to describe Smart Docklands, what would those three words be? I, I could probably pick three that would be the exact same. <laughs> I would say engagement, collaboration, partnership. <laughs> but if I was going to go for three, I'd probably say engagement, connectivity and um, environment probably. And then to address like climate change. Yeah. But I probably have engagement there to the fore, to be honest. So engagement is seeming like the the forefront of this conversation. But yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not so subtly uh, signposting engagement as a big thing to talk about. <laughs> good, good. Well, I'm excited to talk about that. Um, so, without further ado, we'll just jump right in. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background, though? Um, how did you get started with this? Yeah, so uh, I was um, I was in, from a research perspective. I was on a research program that was looking at smart cities from 2013, 14 for a couple of years. And we were looking at smart cities and how they develop in practice. And we had two test cities. We had Dublin and Boston. And we were based in Maynooth University. Just It's in Calair, it's just outside Dublin. And at the time, it was about, you know, kind of marrying what the theoretical considerations around smart cities were with what was happening in practice and at the time dublin was just kicking off its smart city journey it was trying to articulate what a smart city was what it, how the city could take an active role in it and uh, this person called jamie cudden came out to minute university one day and he spoke about dublin's vision for a smart city and he said look we're trying to develop this unit and part of the embedded within the council and trying to coordinate all this sort of stuff 
And I remember going back thinking, uh, that's nice. I'll probably never see him again. <laughs> and then fast track a couple of years, things are an awful lot different. And basically, you know, from that, um, I had built up a, you know, a, a very like small scale relationship with Jamie and the initial team as to what it was, what they were going about doing. And at the time, it was really two or three people who were involved. And it's, it's, it's spanned now to, you know, 30 people. And when you take in uh, different you know, partnerships that we have at universities, that goes up to, that multiplies to 40, 50, 60 people very quickly. Um, but really, I, I, I went to Vancouver in 2019 and Smart Dublin was developing districts like Smart Docklands and other ones like Smart Dunleary and DCU. And um, I was in Vancouver and uh, things were going fine. And it was coming up towards the end of my two-year period. And it was, um, there's going to be a whole host of Irish people living in Vancouver for the next while. So there's you get a two-year visa. And essentially, at the end of the two-year visa, you decide if you want to stay on and you can apply for a five-year visa or you can do whatever. But we were coming to the, myself and my girlfriend were coming to the end of this. And I said, uh, I'm not going to be looking for something unless it's smart city specific and there's a, it's a step up in my career. And I, I never went on LinkedIn, like never, to be honest. I, I do it a lot more routinely now. But I went on LinkedIn the next day and I saw this job offer pop up for this job candidate for a smart documents program manager and i don't really believe in fate but i probably believe in timing and i kind of thought that's exactly what I, I just backed myself into the corner to look for this job and thankfully everything worked out um so i did the interview at, at four o'clock in the morning with time difference um so that was uh i was in a room that was a lot dimly more dimly lit than this so i had about 20 candles in the room to try and give some artificial light in the interview but um yeah, thankfully it worked out and yeah, I haven't looked back since it's been, it's been really good. Like it's been, it was, it was a main reason to come back for. And I'm like, I'm really delighted that the the job lived up to what it expected it could have been. And it's been, yeah, it's been really, really enjoyable. That's quite the story. And uh, I guess also the moral of the story is then for a job interview, make sure you have romantic mood lighting in the background and you're, you're sure fit for the job, right? So, uh, yeah, so about Smart Docklands then. So um, mm -hmm. what, are, what makes Smart Docklands special? What are some special highlights maybe from Smart Docklands? And um, I, I guess we also spoke, you know, with Smart DCU, like what makes it stand out mm -hmm. from what are the differences in your programs? Yeah, so, I mean, like a, a big part of the, uh, the Smart Districts model is that we are trying to collaborate with different people. So... Myself, Kieran from DCU, Connor from Dunleary, um, Barry Rogers, who would be over the Smart Tourism program. Like we do meet to try and make sure that there is a sense of alignment. But the difference between the Smart Districts is that there's probably a different thematic focus on them. So Kieran's is, you know, he's the microcosm of the city. But in Docklands, it's really about education, engagement and connectivity as a baseline. So the connectivity that underpins everything that wants to happen with a smart city. So that's the provision of open open Wi-Fi in a city or it's the future of 5G in a city. Um, if we stay long enough, it'll go from 5G to 6G and everything that has to happen in that regard, maybe. And it's really, I suppose what makes it unique is that it's an engagement program to accelerate sustainable innovation in cities. And it's co-funded and it is a partnership between 
Dublin City Council and the Science Foundation Ireland Research Centre uh, Connect, which is the centre for uh, everything focused on future networks and connectivity. So their expertise is everything from uh, telecommunications and all the research and development around it. So we're really at the epicentre of everything from the expertise that we get from the Connect Centre, from the connectivity focus side of things. But then we are the area that the Docklands is. It's 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 probably is quite unique to other areas in the city because there's a really high density of high tech companies in the area. A lot of them have their EMEA headquarters there. All the Meta, Twitter, Google, everybody is kind of, is kind of in this very small density of an area. As well as that, like you have like a very vibrant startup ecosystem, and you have a lot of people popping up with that. You have that through Dogpatch Labs. You have it through Trinity's Tangent Program which is another startup ecosystem. And our role really is to act as an honest broker, or I've I've kind of tried to say in a little while, we act as a middleman. And we're kind of working between, we're trying to work in the nexus between um, academia, local, central government, tech companies, businesses, um, residents groups, and communities to try and see if we can address local challenges. And we can maybe highlight what people are doing at different times. And a, and a big part of it is identifying, you know, innovation that's already going on in the documents, because a big part of what the district approach tries to show is that, like, you know, that there was a lot of before Smart Dublin became a thing, there was smart projects, but it probably wasn't coordinated in any kind of systemic way. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do here. And then obviously then... um we probably do have a focus on engagement through a couple of things that I can speak about later. But yeah, really, we're just kind of, we're at the doorstep of a lot of different things and we're in the middle. And uh, yeah, it's 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 very exciting. And, and it, it leads to, to be honest, a very varied day. So like, if I take honestly yesterday, yesterday I had conversations with academic researchers about nature-based solutions, citizen science solutions, how we could incorporate the local community into citizen science projects, everything from engagement to students, um, hiring a role to look at training local authority staff and upskilling them on smart city technologies, up until uh, including as well a meeting with Google and their environmental insights team, mm. as well as then being at a pitch for uh student demos from Dogpatch Labs about kind of young entrepreneurs and they're kind of looking at stuff that they could do. So the day is can be extremely varied, but it keeps it very exciting and thankfully it keeps it very fresh. Yeah, you sound busy also. Um, coordinating. Yeah, my email works. My email works. I'll put it that way. Coordinating a lot of moving pieces. So um, do you have perhaps a, a story, so a project or something along those lines that you would like to highlight? And in particular, um, I always like asking together with that, maybe a challenge um, with the project, some kind of lesson learned as well. Yeah, so I, I, I can kind of give like the the lineage of the kind of smart doctrines was it was it was launched in 2018 and it was launched at a global gathering of city technology and information leads. And at the time, it was done in partnership with the, the Harvard Technology and Entrepreneurship Center, and it was really selected uh, to be a smart city test bed in a designated part of the city. So it was really about uh, fast tracking innovation in a part of the city and kind of working with. Um, different operational units in Dublin City Council 
working with researchers and then working with the various different types of communities, be they residents, uh, businesses, uh, tech, academia, research centers. And it was about kind of like fast tracking stuff and kind of going from there. So it was about testing and trialing solutions. So what happened was it was probably you would have an emphasis on you do you use community engagement to articulate uh, challenges that were um, affecting the local community. And we the, the team did that before and there was they addressed like challenges. They had about 300 challenges that were affecting different ways. And they did like systemic review of that and they tried to, to come up with solutions based off that. And some of the pilots they developed, you know, have been, thankfully, we're lucky that some of the pilots that developed have gone on and they have become business usual services or they've been scaled up, which is fantastic. Um, But I suppose in terms of highlighting one, what we kind of found as we were kind of developing up is, is really that, you know, as you're continuing to develop pilots and whatnot, you need to marry engagement and awareness with an increased level of training Mm -hmm. and that's only become more and more important as time has gone on so a lot of the times if you're if you're seeing like like the pilots that have gone on the work that went into them was absolutely phenomenal because you have to organize the innovative and it it was an innovative procurement model to was developed to allow these sort of pilots to go in but pilots are can be a real labor of love and like you're trying to create champions to get champions there. You're trying to get them there. You're trying to essentially you're trying to work with units to kind of say, here's how this piece of technology could help your day-to-day services or your business as usual services. And you're trying to put that on top of their day-to-day work practices. So they have a certain amount of stuff that they need to do. And then you're trying to say, this could help you as well, but it might be additional workload for them. And then you, some at, at sometimes when they kicked off, you're trying to, is evaluate the maturity of the technology, all that sort of stuff. So what becomes a lot easier in life is that if you have as much champions as you can for um, what a smart city can provide and what the, these different technologies can do for you. And a lot of it is essentially around, um, essentially kind of telling people what sort of these technologies are, what are maybe the ethical or the data considerations that you might consider them and how could it benefit them so one, ironically, one pilot that we started off with was Academy of the Near Future, which was essentially this education program that we wanted to have that would um, upscale and train city staff and students about what the smart city concept was, what it entailed, what are the considerations, and how it could um, either for students, you know, basically influence their future career decision making, or for, for local authority staff, how it could be embedded in their day-to-day work practices. And that started off and we did a series of workshops and it kind of gone in from there. And what we've done in the last while is we have focused on, we have focused on um, transition year students first. So transition year is a year for people in and around the age of 15 to 16 in the Irish uh, secondary school system. And it's included a number of workshops that have gone into, so it happened uh, last year and a thousand students attended these workshops across Ireland and it was essentially uh, interactive uh, intuitive workshops where children were taught were taught about how technology shapes the places they live in and it basically improved their um, ideation uh, their creativity in terms of this in terms of these different types of technologies and how they were relevant to them and you know I, like I, I've seen some of this stuff in practice and Grace Darcy is the person who's led on this to date and 
you know, it's been, it's been absolutely fantastic. You know, it's been, um, it, the amount of work that goes into the development of the workshops and to make sure that they're intuitive and in line with what students uh, are going to be able to engage it is, is one thing, but then to put it into like this bigger articulation and have it in line with smart Docklands is a separate entity is a separate uh, achievement in and of itself. And, you know, that's basically grown, grown legs and ne- next year it's going to go on. It's so this year it was a, a thousand students. It was a, one-time visit so went to schools did the workshop evaluated it left but this time it's going to be um schools are going to be visited three times and what by course of those three times a citizen science project is going to be set up with them which is in line with another research project european research project called iChange mm-hmm. so it's about basically showing them how their it's explained them the importance of citizen science and showing how their work can be incorporated in and it's been absolutely massive and it's it's taken on um, a lot of different things that we had a week long program last year called Design Your Future City, where we brought in uh, 20 children from the Dublin area and they came in and they had various talks and workshops with people about technology, how it was um, relevant to them, what they could, how they could use it. And after the end of it, then we basically were kind of like trying to say, like, how could we how could we develop this more? And this is subsequently developed into maybe uh, creating a link between uh, businesses and corporates in the area and between potential work that students could be providing. And that's kind of mo- morphed into something that we're finessing at the moment, which is uh, called Change Makers, which is essentially about articulating um, having a process between uh, industry CSR objectives and research opportunities and daily operations that we could have. So there, there's a lot of work involved in it. And, it, we're we're very conscious that everything we're trying to do is for the public good and to improve uh, the life of citizens. And one one thing that I'd particularly like to highlight about Academy Their Future is that the remit that we're trying to focus on is about uh, communities that are probably underserved from STEM, so science, technology, ed- education, maths, from those areas that it's not engineering, maths rather, that it's not a case of uh, serving people who already have like um good STEM outreach programs and predominantly then uh, trying to have like a 60-40 split between a more female uh, participation as well. So it's 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 really the goals that have kind of been embedded into it have been absolutely fantastic. And we're looking to do that again with our uh, with the Change Makers program in a similar vein to make sure that everything is in line and as well with um, a community our community engagement uh, outreach, which is uh, someone has just started uh, in the not too recent past. Um, so yeah, really, like my, my kind of goal is that uh, the, the lesson is really to try to make sure that all these programs, if they're they're fantastic and ambition, but it's to make sure that they're aligned, that they aren't distinct from each other, that the under the underlying core of them and the mission that they're trying to do is quite similar with a slightly different um, uh, engagement audience, if you know what I mean. So you have students, you have corporates, you have community engagements. It's all, we're all looking trying to do similar things and where in possible we can join in together. Wow. Yeah, that's, it's amazing. I, I was going to ask you also about the Academy of the Near Future. So I'm really glad that you you spoke about that. I was like, wow, that sounds very futuristic. And uh, I, I was very mm. curious to learn more. Um, I'm just wondering also from your experience. So with engagement, um, 
How have you had to change the method of achieving these goals dependent on the audience? Um, so when you speak to different people, um, to children, to, to corporates, like how does that messaging have to change? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it can be a very, it has to be go, something that's thought about um, to a massive extent. Um, with the corporate side of things, we're finessing that at the moment. <clears throat> in parallel to that, for say for the focus on students, we're going to be um, developing another stream and another person will be coming on board to focus on uh, upscaling local authority staff and essentially saying to them, "Here are the uh, the newest level of technologies here, so you can engage with it." And it it definitely takes uh, it definitely takes a really unique skill set to be able to do that mm. because the way that you like you articulated the way that you talk to a sixteen year old. It's very, it can be quite hands offish. It can be make sure that they're, they have the freedom to ideate and that they don't have a lot of adults staring and standing in that they're not under pressure to perform, particularly if they're not from, they're not used to this kind of environment. Um, versus when you're trying to get in from the local authority staff, it's probably trying to get champions for already existing projects to say, you know, I, ideally you have someone kind of saying, like, I was skeptical initially myself. But here's how it helped my life, and here's how it helped my um, daily work practices. So it, it, it is massive, and you know, like, unfortunately or fortunately, fortunately from my perspective, it does take um, really capable people to come in and do that, and to even be aware that that's going to be an issue, that you're not going to be able to do the same workshops. And thankfully, the Smart Doctrines team um, is really intuitive in that regard, and like, we will sit down and we will essentially do mock workshops with the Smart Docklands team and the Smart Dublin team just to try and make sure that the messaging and that the, the rollout of these workshops is done ahead of time. So like it's it's almost kind of like the overarching message of what it's going to be is one thing and the delivery of the workshops is the other thing. And it's it's trying to meld them together and to make sure that it is thing. And, and like we like we, we'll probably have for the, the corporate side of things, we'll probably we're looking to have um, workshops in the in the near future. I say in the near future, way more <laughs> in life than I never, ever did beforehand. <laughs> but uh, we're looking to have them with a couple of trusted partners and uh, trusted kind of uh, people that we're aware of that, you know, that um, here's what we're kind of thinking of. How does this um, reflect from CSR programs that you might have engaged with previously? How does it address maybe some of the inefficiencies that you come across before in, in um and how you've engaged with them before. So it, it, it is like test and trial. And I, I don't think there's any shame in kind of saying that, you know, um, things evolve over time and you get better. But the lessons that could have been learned for the, the rollout of the student workshops, there's definitely lessons there that can be learned that can be applied in, um, in the context of corporates or local authorities or ideally with communities. <clears throat> um, but Fortunately, from my perspective, it's uh, it's about the power of personality as well, and um, I'm kind of we're very lucky, and I slash Smart Docklands are very lucky that we we don't um, we don't miss out on that. Yeah, very nice. Um, now I just want to give you. We're running a bit out of time, but I could I could talk to you about engagement. I think for hours, um, but. I want to give you the floor. Maybe you also want to continue talking about engagement, but maybe you want to touch on mm -hmm. anything else that you think it's really important for our listeners to know about Smart Docklands and the work that you do. 
Um, so you can take the floor if you'd like it. Uh, you don't have to take it, but I give it to you. Oh, I suppose if you give it to me, I might as well take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's basically um, what, what I've kind of found with kind of smart documents and what, what I think is <clears throat> was the overarching plan originally and it's definitely become that way is it's about bringing innovation to life and it's about showing practical implementations of technology. Um, so uh, high impact, low cost uh, application of technology, ideally. And I think that what we've, what, what is, what I've started to do a lot is to do innovation tours with Docklands. So to talk about, say, um, physical applications of technology that are in the Docklands, but also pointing to a number of projects that we have done in. Like, so we have a 5G testbed. Um, we have a number of um, uh, low-powered sensors, networks. We have stuff for ring boys, stuff that scale up from initially pilots to um, to business as usual services. And I, I think that it's you, you don't have to go to... Uh, from an Irish perspective, you don't have to go to uh, Barcelona or Amsterdam to see this sort of stuff. This stuff is happening in real time. And I think that some of the, uh, some of the best, some of the best experiences that I've had is been, you know, we've been at conferences and people have said, you know, I God, I wasn't aware that city was doing this. It's fantastic that they are. Um, how could I get involved? How could we, how could we help out in any way? And, you know, I, I think that that's, that's only going to increase as time goes on. And I would just say that, like, if you do have any interest in technology in Dublin or particularly in the Docklands area, like, we'd absolutely love to hear from you and uh, love to have conversations with you. The team is extremely capable and uh, quite widespread in the kind of sense of the thing. And we're more than welcome to and more than happy to coordinate between um, ourselves, DCC, Dublin City Council and Trinity and with the Connect researchers. So we're trying to, you know, uh, facilitate research opportunities for applied research as much as possible. And obviously the future of telecoms and the future connectivity is a big aspect of that. And only a couple of weeks ago, we had a workshop at Smart Docklands um, had helped organize it where we had infrastructure providers, academics, local authorities, people involved with telecoms, discussing what Dublin needs to do or could do for the future connectivity in the city and something that I took away from that, that I thought was really um, indicative of the group that we have and how lucky we are is that some of the com main conversations around it is how do we uh, make sure that connectivity in the city is distributed equitably and that everybody in the city is kind of has equal access um, to the highest connectivity possible. And yeah, that's look, it's, we are covering like, like a, a fair amount of stuff and everything from, um, the 5G testbed, 3D modeling, uh, open Wi-Fi, uh, mobility solutions regarding to Dublin Cycle Buddy. There's a whole host of things you could do, and by all means, uh, reach out to uh, to me personally or to the info at Smart Docklands account, and be happy to have a conversation with you. Um, my example later on about the the breadth of conversations is uh, is really really welcomed, to be honest, and. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it in the future. Amazing. I really love um, when cities are so open to having these discussions with external uh, stakeholders, etc. as well. So, um, yeah, so 
That is amazing. So uh, I learned so much in the in the span of uh, 20 minutes here, but um, I want to move on to a short segment of ours. And it's one of my favorite segments and it's called Roll With The Punches. Roll with the punches. Answer this or that questions quickly and with your first instincts. And we'll just go through it quickly. And then at the end, you will get the chance to explain your answers if you'd like. Um, Are you ready? Okay, sounds good. Solar or wind energy? Solar. <laughs> Engagement or education? I, I, I don't know why I decided solar when, when it, it rains all the time. <laughs> um, uh, engagement or education? Engagement. Past or future? Future. E-bikes or regular push bikes? Regular push bikes. <laughs> Do you want to uh, explain any of your answers? <laughs> Um, I, I, I suppose on the engagement and education one in smart, we would view that re- like very interlinked mm-hmm. in, in some ways. So th- that's probably, um, outside of the bikes one, um, <laughs> I, I, I really have to buy a bike, um, and, and get far better at using it. That's a, that's a, that's a shameful omission on the podcast, but, um, yeah, the, the, the engagement and education bit is probably, we would view it as quite similar that we would have an engagement process an engagement uh, initiative through like change makers, our community engagement, academy near future at large, and um, that it's 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 really a dual focus. That it's engagement and education. Yeah. Call it smart education. You can put that noun for <laughs> if you want to, for an adjective rather. Um, how's the other ones? Uh, solar or wind? I, I mean the the uh, the reason I probably went for solar um, straight off the bat was because there's over 400 big belly bins in the city. And they're all solar powered bins. Oh wow! So they're all solar powered bins, and they they have a compactor on top of them. So the compactor kind of basically just compresses the the waste. Mm-hmm. So the waste management services in Dublin City Council don't have to be driving around the city as much as possible. So they can have dynamic routing. They can only go for a period of time. But then what we're looking to do as well is to increase to to think of an asset, think of anything on the streetscape as a dual asset. So a bin isn't just a bin. A bin could be um, a receptacle for open Wi-Fi. You could mount air quality sensors, noise quality sensors onto it, and you could kind of go at it from there. So that's probably why we went with solar. Um, the bikes, uh, I just, uh, I've, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I went with the bikes. I think like it's, <laughs> uh, you burn more calories if you're on a normal bike maybe i don't know um <laughs> i don't know i, I love e-bikes so that's that's my thing i live at the top of a hill so you know an e-bike is my best friend so <laughs> yeah and I, like probably people have spoken about it as well that you know um there is a smart mobility hub uh connected with smart dublin mm-hmm. and it's about like you know getting people to it's essentially a behavioral change project that people will you know, if they're coming into work, that they won't take their car, that if they need to take journeys of a certain time, that they might take a, um, an electric bike or an electric car sort of stuff. So I, I'll probably tow the party line and I'll say electric bike if I was going back and doing that again. But uh, It's okay. It, yeah. It's not meant to be definitive answers. It's just meant to, um, you know, make you say, okay, uh, that's a weird question <laughs> and make yeah. you choose. So, um, yeah, thanks for playing along. And now I just have one last question for you. And it's a question that we ask every guest. And the question is to you, what is a smart city? 
Uh, I think uh, using smart city is the use of tech to improve people's uh, lives and the lives of citizens in cities. Um, I think that it's it's probably one of the it was the main thing when I was looking at smart cities from a research perspective that the the definition of smart cities was so broad and it was so varied that it almost became um, a term that lost its currency Yeah. in the sense that like it, it probably became a little bit gimmicky in the sense that it could be all things and all matters to all men. Whereas I think that what we're trying to do is um, what we're trying to do as a program is really kind of demystify it mm-hmm. and to essentially say that this isn't um, it's not, it, it can be in certain contexts, but it's not always like a, fire in the way futuristic city this is technology that's happening right now yeah. and this is what the this is what the council is doing this is the type of research that that is happening in trinity about stuff and this is not 10 20 years away this is you know uh, two three two months away two years away whatever you're having and this is um yeah this is it but uh yeah i i probably wish that it was the definition was a little bit uh, clearer because i've had to spend a number of years explaining what a smart city is to people so I'm I'm very acutely uh, aware of this yeah that's why we also ask this question you know because we do get varied responses but I feel like it does clear Mm -hmm. it up for people as well like this image in their head of what it really is and um, most of the time people answer in different words around what you just said um, and that it's a progression, right? Also, it's a, it's a spectrum. Not There's not a smart city and a dumb city and there's nothing in between. Um, but really this, this using technology to improve people's lives is really at the core. So, Yeah, and I, I, I think that that progression you mentioned is exactly probably it chimes in 100% to what I said earlier about the longer that smart doctrines has gone on, it has been more of a, an emphasis has come up on the training and the thing mm-hmm. because people are literally they di- have different perceptions of what a smart city is and what maybe your perception of it is or what your definition of it is so th- like that has just probably come you know hand in glove with the fact that it is this kind of um slightly opaque thing that um uh, is yeah nobody wants to be a dumb city so yeah. Uh, I think that we all have to become a smart city. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, With that, I will leave it on that note. Um, And I want to say a huge thank you to you, Dirac. Uh, Thank you for coming on. And I'm very much looking forward to hearing so much and seeing all the things that are happening in Smart Docklands and in Dublin as well, of course. So yeah, thank you so much. Thanks many for having me. Appreciate it. And to all of our listeners, don't forget you can always create a free account on babel-smartcities.eu to find out more about smart city projects, solutions, implementations, and more. So thank you all. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the next stop on the journey to a better urban life. 